Hello, Mama, and welcome to a special edition of the Healthy Hustlers podcast. I'm Madeline Carafa, host and creator of the Healthy Hustlers podcast and mama to beautiful baby girl, Georgia Florence. Since becoming a mum in September 2019, I've quickly realised just how important having a supportive network of mamas around you is for advice, guidance, or simply to just know you're not alone. And I'm here to tell you that no matter where you are, you are not alone either. And I hope this series makes you feel exactly that. Motherhood, as beautiful and magical as it is, is also challenging, tiring, and a massive guessing game. Spoiler alert, no one has it all together. We are all just flying blind, doing the absolute best that we can. There is absolutely no right or wrong. I hope that this four-part series provides you with some further guidance, laughter, but most of all, I hope it reminds you that you are doing a wonderful job. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by fitness expert, blogger, and female health advocate, Britt Noonan. Britt is mum to two beautiful girls, Millie and Remy, with another bundle of joy joining her tribe early next year. Britt and her young family live in beautiful Byron Bay. Britt is a firm believer that every woman is deserving of loving who they are. She passionately helps women do exactly this by openly and honestly sharing her own struggles while also inspiring her loyal community by sharing insights and snippets into the things that bring her joy and peace. Passionate about mental health, motherhood and wellness, Brit is constantly giving her community of like-minded mamas tips, tools and advice to live a happier, healthier life, which is exactly why I wanted her to join me on the mics for this episode of the Motherhood Series. Brit is real, relatable and incredibly kind. Her journey of self-discovery and healing has been a catalyst for her purpose-driven life, where she now inspires and helps other women to live a life of worthiness, self-love and good health. Here's Brit. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Bugaboo. Bugaboo prams are made to lighten your load and turn every day into an enjoyable adventure. Hi, Brit, and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited to be chatting to you and loved our pre-chat before recording. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoy following your motherhood journey online. And so I really wanted you to be a part of this series. But I guess it's been a crazy year for all of us. How are you and your family going at the moment? Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love your podcast. So I feel honoured to be on it. I'm so excited. Um, We're doing pretty good. I'm pretty sick with my pregnancy, but we're doing pretty good. Surviving. Yeah, you are doing an amazing job, honestly. I um, yeah, I got really emotional when I saw your post on Instagram the other day about your pregnancy and I know you said in it that people suffering like you do are warriors and I just could not agree with that more. Are you able to go into it a little bit more for the audience? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm pregnant. This is my third pregnancy. And in all of my pregnancies, I suffer from hyperemesis or HG as it's known, um, which is a severe type of pregnancy sickness. I won't call it morning sickness because morning sickness is definitely not a name for it. And yeah, for me, unfortunately, my last two pregnancies, it's lasted the entire time I've been pregnant. So yeah, it's pretty intense. It's all day, all night sickness, vomiting, but leads to heaps of other health complications that you don't even realise can happen from vomiting and being nauseous all day. 
Oh my goodness. I seriously just feel for you so much. I just, oh, I couldn't even imagine it. Such a, you know, it's a long journey as it is pregnancy, let alone putting that on the top and two young kids. Yeah, that is definitely the hardest part. Yes. Yeah, I could imagine. Because how old are the girls now? So Remini just turned two and Millie just turned five. So they're very busy ages and I guess, yeah, that has been the hardest part and it was definitely the hardest part in Remy's pregnancy, trying to look after Millie who was then two and a half. Yeah, that's the hardest part of having HG when you have other kids. It's it's not only like it's physically impossible to parent but then you get, you know, crushed by the guilt of not being the type of mum that you normally are. So I really struggle with that a lot. Yeah, I could imagine. And I'd love to know a little bit about you. Can you tell me about you personally, Britt? Oh, my gosh, in what way? (laughs) (laughs) Who's Britt, not the mum? Well, I know you're a mum. Everyone's always a mum first. I mean, but you're also a business owner. Um, So tell us a little bit about you. Okay, sure. So I wear many hats. I think all of us do these days as women. So, yes, definitely. First and foremost, I'm a mum, like I said, to my beautiful two daughters, uh, Remy and Millie. And then I am a fitness trainer. So I specialize in postpartum and pregnancy fitness. And I've done that for over 10 years now. And after I had my first daughter, Millie, I started a bit of a online like Instagram blog about postnatal fitness. And then somehow it turned into being this massive online community of women, um, not just about fitness anymore. It's mental health, wellness, fitness, health, and, um, yeah, a lot of mental health chats and things like that. So, yeah. So, um, uh, other than that, my husband and I own a heap of gyms and some swim schools as well. So, yeah, we do a lot of things. (laughs) Amazing. You're definitely a busy woman. (laughs) And I, I really love following your journey online and just your openness and honesty about motherhood and all aspects of it. You know, we were talking before this about the crazy ride that 2020 has been on. What would you say has been one of the greatest lessons or one of the learnings this year for you? Definitely to let go (laughs) of control. Like I've just realised how much we really don't have control over things outside of our own four walls, like, you know, even over our businesses and things like that. So um, back in March when you know, when they had lockdowns in Queensland and all all of our businesses closed at that time, like I really, I really struggled with that, you know, letting go of like allowing somebody else to control what we do and our finances and our business and everything like that. And I think that's been one of the biggest lessons, but it's also been a really good learning in spending more time with our family. That's been really nice to be able to spend more time as a family during that time. Um, yeah, I guess seeking out the positives in a bad situation as well. Yeah, I really like that approach. And it is so crazy how quickly we've had to learn to let go of control. It's like this thing that we, I don't know, I feel like we all thought we were so in control of our own desires and our destiny. And then all of a sudden it was like it was taken from us this year and a rude shock of, you know, there's very little that we can actually control. Absolutely. For you personally, what would you say has been one of the biggest changes since becoming a mum? Oh, my God. My whole entire world has changed since becoming a mum. Um, <laughs> I'm a whole different person, but definitely my self-confidence and self, self-worth self has yeah, completely shifted. I was so full of self-hate and self-doubt and, 
yeah, since becoming a mum, I've really worked on that so much and I feel so much better within myself and so much more confident as a woman now. Yeah. And so what has that journey consisted of for you? So before I had my first daughter, I had a eating disorder, a lot of self-confidence issues. And yes, basically from the moment like that I met her, like I held her in my arms. I just knew that that had to change because I never wanted her to grow up with the role model that I would have been if I didn't change. So um, yeah, just through, I've done a lot of psychology and therapy to overcome eating disorders, overcome, you know, those really deep seated issues that I had. But other than that, just, yeah, every day working on myself, meditation, exercise, all the things that everybody does really um, to make myself a better person, to have more confidence within myself. Oh, good on you. Seriously. It's like, it's such a journey. And to think that you got this beautiful little girl in your, your arms and it just made, paved the way for a whole new positive journey ahead is so beautiful to hear. Absolutely. And um, ever since, I guess, also start, since starting my blog and speaking to so many women all around the world who also suffer from things that I, you know, that I used to suffer from. And I think that even it's always an ongoing journey. You know, there's still things and there's still days when I don't feel amazing, when I don't, you know, when I'm not full of self-love. But that was really also an inspiration to work on myself so then I could help others as well. Yeah, absolutely. How did you, I don't want to say get comfortable because I don't think anyone's ever fully comfortable with being vulnerable online, but how did you get comfortable with the uncomfortableness of sharing your journey? To be honest, it's really funny. Like, to be honest, I never really felt uncomfortable doing it. Um, I think when I started being really open and honest, I felt so much love and support and also felt like I was helping so many people. So, yeah, I mean, obviously along the way there's been people who, you know, you get the the bad comment or the troll or whatever, but overall I've had a really positive experience with my page and with my online experience. So I never really felt like I was doing the wrong thing. I felt like that was what I was made to do or it's my purpose to help other people. So, yeah, just sharing my truth was helping other people. Oh, I seriously love hearing that so much. And honestly, all of your content, like your captions, just truly speak just volumes about how much you do care about helping people. And like me, like those those odd comment here or there that, you know, there are people who are literally just trolls and people who mm. are just out there to be mean to you and that's one in a thousand or one in every two thousand. And if I can help the other one thousand nine hundred and ninety nine, then that's you know, that's positive. I don't don't need to worry about that one other person who doesn't doesn't agree with me. I'm so glad you said that because I think it's something we all need to be reminded about sometimes because it's so easy to get fixated on that, you know, that negative comment or you know, or that one hater. And like you said, there's so many other people that you are helping and and inspiring. I know it's definitely been a journey for me is getting comfortable with people making negative comments or not, you know, not liking what I'm putting out or leaving reviews on the podcast. And I, I just think, oh my goodness, like I get so hurt by it. And it's a real process for me that I'm still working through. So I'm really glad to hear that it, it really resonated with me when you just said that and I definitely yeah, feel like, like I needed to hear it <laughs> yeah, and for me personally like I've been through so much self-hate like some of the things that like, I used to say to myself and things that I would think about myself there's these people can't say any worse to me and I've worked through all of that like all of that self-hate and all that self-doubt 
if they're going to say something to me to be hurtful, they can't really hurt me more than I've hurt myself in the past. Yeah. And also I think it's something that people like online need to realise if you're going to put yourself out there, you may get these comments, but there's a big difference between someone who's literally just being a troll, literally just being hurtful for for no reason and somebody who has a difference of opinion. Like people are going to have a different opinion than you and that's okay. That's something you have to learn to accept online. We'll be right back after this healthy break. Hey mama, it's time to make the city your playground with the Bugaboo B6. The perfect pram for everyday adventures, the Bugaboo B6 allows you to discover your city while offering comfort and an easy drive. Bugaboo kickstarted the pram revolution 20 years ago with game-changing products that help families explore the world in unparalleled comfort and unmistakable style. Today, Bugaboo keeps pushing their products forward by developing cutting-edge new products that go beyond just strolling to give every parent the confidence and freedom in their journey ahead. My favourite features about the stylish Bugaboo B6 is the one-handed fold, which makes packing and unpacking it so easy, the comfortable seat fabrics, and the larger puncher-proof wheels means it drives like a dream. When searching for the perfect pram to suit our family's needs, I wanted something that was extremely light, incredibly strong, and most of all, ideal for navigating the busy city streets. The Bugaboo B6 ticks all the boxes and more, making it the uber stylish and smooth ride pram of my mum life dreams. Click the link in the show notes or visit www.bugaboo.com slash au-en to order your Bugaboo B6 today. Time to turn every day into an enjoyable adventure. Now, I would really like to talk to you about sleep because I know all the mamas listening will be hanging out for your tips and advice. I feel like, oh, especially the new mums. And I know you and I have um, spoken like in direct messages about sleep. I think we're both going through a pretty rough patch at the same time. They're feeling pretty sleep deprived. But um, I guess, do you have a sleep philosophy with the kids or follow any routines or schedules? My goodness, I hope that no one's hanging out for advice here because I'm probably not your girl. Um, (laughs) My personal sleep philosophy is like in the first year, just let it go. You just have to let it go because the more tightly wound up you are about it, the harder it's going to be because you cannot put any expectations on a baby to sleep in the way that you think that they should sleep because they there's no should like there's just every baby is so different every single baby is so different and what I've learned with my last two is that really all they just want to be near their mum and I've just learned to accept that so in the first year I don't have any expectations they sleep on me they sleep wherever they fall to sleep I pretty much just go with their flow after that I yeah with Millie it wasn't so bad but with Remy I definitely had to make some changes towards the end because she was fed to sleep and there's nothing wrong with that. I absolutely loved it. It was a beautiful experience, but I had to wean her to have surgery. So I had to find a new way to put her to sleep. And I did end up getting some help from a sleep consultant. And I think she was about 16 months old at that point. I know with Remy that you posted actually a while ago about like I must have done the right amount of bum taps tonight because she slept through and it's so funny every time I'm tapping George's bum now when she's going to sleep I'm thinking oh I hope I do just the right amount of taps tonight to make you sleep. (laughs) Pretty much and that's it like you know you go through all these things and you think you're going to find this like 
magic solution or formulation or whatever it is, but I just feel like every baby is so individual and there are going to be babies out there who they're just unicorns, they just sleep and you shouldn't compare your baby to those babies because every baby is so different. It's so true. And and every journey on it is so unique. Like I'm Georgia is almost so much more hit and miss now at a from the ten month mark than she was as a newborn. And it's just so easy to compare and think, why aren't you sleeping? Why aren't you sleeping? But it's like the more that I follow her lead and just give her what she needs, the easier it is on all of us, I'm finding. Exactly. And- oh my gosh. And both my babies, exactly the same, around between eight to 10 months before that, they were both amazing sleepers. Like Remy was just this little angel newborn. And then around the eight to 10 month, I think it was when both of them started teething. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. I feel you. <laughs> That's right where I am right now. I know. And I always, um, I fed Georgia to sleep until about the 11 month mark as well on the boob. And then I just went, the poor thing, I just went cold turkey on her, like get, stop giving her bottles, stop giving her boob um, and started rocking her but to sleep. But it was just taking so long. And so now I'm back on to like giving her, you know, a little bottle before bed and, but she loves it and it makes her so happy and she sleeps and yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we put so much expectation on what it should be or shouldn't be instead of just being like, well, it makes her happy. She sleeps. So, you know, let's just, really let's like roll that. with it. I'll deal with it when she's older. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people would give me unpopular advice about feeding Remy to sleep and how damaging it was going to be and how she was never going to be able to put herself to sleep and this and that. But her and I have the most beautiful bond and I believe so much of that came from her experience from breastfeeding and feeding to sleep and basically just being my koala for the first 12 months of her. Yeah, I love hearing that. And it's so true. Like everyone has their own opinions. And the thing I think that I'm learning is that they're so adaptable kids and, you know, nothing really becomes a bad habit because they are so adaptable. So after a few nights of changing it up, they almost just slip into the new routine or the new way of going about things. Absolutely. Nothing's a bad habit until it is, if that makes sense as yeah. well. You know, if yep. you're telling me about feeding her to sleep, but neither, none of us had an issue with it. Well, you know, myself and Remy didn't have an issue with it. So, you know, why is it an issue to anybody else? Yeah, I could not agree more. Yeah, I'm really glad that you shared that. And yeah, I just think like whatever your way of doing things is, as so long as it's right for you and, and your baby, then there's nothing wrong with it at all. Absolutely. You know, some people need that they need that routine. They need that for their own mental health. Some mums, I mean, like they need to be Absolutely. able to have routine. They need that and that's okay too. Everybody, every mum is so different. Every baby's so different and let's all just do it our own way and agree that it's okay to do it our own way. Yeah, absolutely. I guess for any mums who are feeling quite sleep deprived right now, what would be some of your tips or advice? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> hang in there. <laughs> Um, also probably just to get up and exercise and do little things for yourself during the day when and where you can because you still need to you know look after yourself and practice some self-care and if you need to outsource some help you know just so you can maybe get some sleep in the day or whatever it is you just need to look after yourself as well because you are you know you're you are important as well yeah, that's such beautiful advice. And it's it's so true. We often just start putting ourselves second or third once we become a mum, don't we, and forget that we're just as important to look after. Absolutely. And also just like let go of those expectations because I feel like a lot of the, not, not so much the sleep deprivation, but the anxiety and the 
you know, the tension, everything around sleep comes because of these expectations and pressures that you put on yourself and your baby to sleep when some babies, babies just don't. Like I just know with Remy that she just didn't sleep and the more I got uptight about it and the, like the more I stressed about it or compared her to somebody else's baby, the worse my anxiety was, the worse the sleep deprivation felt, the harder it felt. So, yeah, letting go of those expect- expectations is a big one as well. Yeah. I'd love to know as a boss mama, how you juggle the demands of the business with also a growing family? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, I'm still, I think we're always all working on that all the time. It's not, I don't think we always get it right. I definitely don't always get it right. But um, my girls go to daycare and I use that time during the day to work. They go twice a week. Um, they spend time with their grandparents. So I, I separate my work time from my mum time in that way. So then when I am with the girls, it's, you know, it's our time, not work crosses over into mum time because that's what I really found. I struggled with a lot when I was building my platform, I guess, and building my online community when I wasn't having that separated time to work and I was like on my phone trying to work while the kids were there. That was always really hard and it was a bit of a mess. So um, for me, separating the two is a big one. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I feel like that's been a real game changer for me. How do you switch into that boss mode? Because that's something I'm really struggling with is going from that more feminine, nurturing mum energy and thinking and way of being to then trying to hustle. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> um, before I had kids, I always thought like I was really career driven. That was what I was going to do. Like I never really imagined myself as a mum. So when I switch into work mode, I kind of feel more I, like I feel really myself. So I enjoy being in work mode. I don't really know. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful or not. But um, yes, definitely. Like I'm a real scheduler of things that I need to get done in the day. Like just writing a list of things that I need to get done and ticking those off always makes me feel super accomplished. Yeah, I like, like that. Yeah, I think also having that, having that dedicated time is, allows me to switch from mum mode to work mode as well. So that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. And how is the transition for you from one to two and, and how are you feeling about number three? <laughs> so I really struggled from zero to one. Like that was like world-changing, life-changing, just like I said, I was very into my job. Like we – have the gyms and our businesses and I always imagined that that was like my path so when I first had Millie I was like whoa this is huge shock my whole you know my whole world had changed for the better in some ways but when you are really career driven I think that you do struggle to let go of that a bit but with going from one to two I actually really enjoyed that experience like I was a lot more I let go of a lot of the expectations that I had on myself and yeah I just really allowed my time myself to have time with Remy to bond with her and I really enjoyed it to be honest I didn't really struggle one to two but I struggled a lot zero to one yeah that's really interesting to hear because a lot of women will say that I guess that transition from one to two is really hard but I guess I've probably felt at times a lot like you were with with Millie I just sometimes really find myself grieving my my previous life and my ability to just hustle really hard and and to be flexible which I didn't expect to feel I didn't expect that at all so it's been an interesting ride trying to navigate those feelings and emotions it's a huge identity change when you go from being 
not a mum to being a mum. And I think that that was, you know, my identity was already a mum. So when Remy came into the picture, like, don't get me wrong, it was a lot busier and like, you know, there's two there's two kids to worry about and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot busier, but my identity was already mum. So yeah. I didn't have to work on that identity. But in saying that, I am a little bit nervous about two to three. I don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just think everything, you know, every adjustment is an adjustment and you don't really know how you're going to handle it until it's upon you. It's so true. That is so, so true. I'd love to finish by knowing what is one piece of advice that has been really impactful or powerful for you, either business or mum related? I think with motherhood, the, like one of the biggest things is to not compare. And my mum told me not to compare myself as a parent to other other mums because yeah, when I think when you start the comparisons, that's when you get in this really bad trap of thinking that you're not doing it right or thinking that somebody else is doing it better or their baby is more capable or hitting milestones quicker or whatever it is, whatever comparison that you're doing as a mum, if you can let go of, of those, the journey of motherhood is a lot more enjoyable and you feel like a better, well, not better mum, but you feel more capable of being a mother. Oh, I love that. What beautiful advice from your mum. I think that everyone can take a piece from that. I know like whenever I'm feeling like I'm not doing a good job or I'm getting stuck in comparing myself to yeah other mums that I or other mums ways of doing things like I always remind myself that like Georgia chose me for a reason and there's a reason why you know she's my daughter and I find a lot of confidence in that and so I love that advice that your mum gave you I think that's so beautiful. I think in every aspect of your life comparison really is the thief of joy like and Social media is a double-edged sword in that way. Like it is full of, you know, highlights and all the good stuff. So sometimes when you jump on there, it can, yeah, it can impact your self-worth in so many ways. So, so true. I think especially in a year like this where we're all going through, you know, different hardships and different emotions, it can be quite triggering on our mental well-being. Absolutely. What a year, hey? What a year. I know, seriously. Well, I'll be excited to see you in 21 um, when we can have a cocktail or, or a um, coffee in Byron Bay. Um, but, Britt, thank you so much for joining me. I've absolutely loved chatting to you and I just love following your journey online. So thank you for being so open and honest um, with your journey and inspiring so many people. No, thank you so much for having me. What an honour. I, yeah, I love your podcast and what you do. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.